0: what's happening everybody on today's show we will get to some spring practice updates coming from auburn tennessee lsu and others brad crawford from 24 7 sports he has a cumulative cumulative preseason poll for football we'll tell you what sec teams he has ranked in there and some sec hoops nuggets as the sweet 16 gets underway today locked on sec starts right now you are locked on sec your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference, and we start with Greg McElroy on his podcast this week. He uh, took some time to talk about Texas A&M as they hit the practice field earlier this week, and obviously they're looking to bounce back from that disappointing five and seven season last year. A little bit of an overhaul in the offense with Bobby Petrino coming in as the offensive coordinator. How different will it look? And Greg McElroy brought up, look, they have a lot of weapons at A&M. The problem last year was chemistry. I think a lot of that was youth and inexperience. Now, they've got uh, Connor Wegman back at quarterback who looked really good down the stretch of last year. Uh, McElroy said the deciding factor for the Aggies this season is going to be how much is Jimbo Fisher going to meddle in what Bobby Petrino wants to do offensively. And McElroy went on to say, I don't think he's going to meddle that much, to be honest with you. I think you go out and you hire a guy like Bobby Petrino, you're not going to tell him what he can and can't do. Might give him some advice. I want to try this might make, su- make some suggestions but are you ultimately going to call a guy in that has that many skins on the wall to call plays and then not let him do his job i have a hard time envisioning that that's from greg mcelroy it's a great point um i just wonder i mean sometimes hard-headedness gets the best of us and you know a lot of guys in this profession have egos they think they know best i always reference back to the days when less miles at cam cameron and Administration was kind of saying, "Hey, you might want to change up the offense and bring it into the 21st century." And uh, Les Miles said, "Nah, we're, we're going to keep Cam Cameron." And it ultimately led to his downfall there at LSU. Uh, Jimbo made the right move; he went and got Bobby Petrino. But is he going to meddle? Is he going to say, "Hey, I'm taking play, I'm keeping play calling duties," or will he just defer completely to Bobby Petrino? First few days of am camp, we've heard Petrino's working with the quarterbacks and. Uh, seems to have control of the offense. So we'll see if that continues. And if it does work, great. a going to win a lot of games this year. And Jimbo can take that more role of a figurehead and be very successful. We'll see as camp continues on with Texas AM. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, they continue their spring practice and a couple departures as linebacker Cameron Brown announced he is entering the transfer portal, announced that on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, he leaves after spending the last four seasons with the Tigers. He tweeted out, this has been a difficult decision because of my love for Auburn. That's in my heart and, of course, with my family. That being said, I'd like to enter my name into the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. Uh, Brown is entering the portal as a grad transfer. He's graduating this spring, so he will not have to wait until May 1st for the start of the next transfer window. He was primarily used as depth on defense and special teams. uh, Didn't record any official statistics. Of course, he's the younger brother of Uh, Derek Brown, who was the all-everything there at Auburn. Uh, A few hours after Cameron Brown announced he's entering the portal, linebacker Desmond Tisdall announced uh, he's entering the portal as well. So a couple of Auburn linebackers entering the portal. Tisdall appeared in 24 games over three years with the Tigers, had 17 tackles, uh, had a five-tackle performance against Arkansas this past season. Uh, He said, I will have two years of eligibility remaining. So uh, some depth there for Auburn we'll see if they uh they'll lose those guys maybe they uh, decide to bring back some guys in the portal uh the other thing to watch with Auburn throughout this spring has been that quarterback spot and according to Hugh Freeze it's kind of been hard to get a real read on the quarterbacks because when you have a running quarterback like Robbie Ashford who had over 700 yards and seven touchdowns last year Uh, You're not able to do that in practice, right? I mean, you know, the quarterbacks have the colored jersey and, you know, the play's dead as soon as somebody gets close to them. Uh, Hugh Freeze was asked this week about, you know, how do you get an evaluation of that? He said, look, it's a great question. I don't know. He said, I don't say that to be funny. I haven't witnessed him in games. I've seen tapes. But I think it's very hard to evaluate just how good Robbie Astrid can be practicing the way that we do. So it's just hard for me to answer. Now, it's worth noting, Ashford and T.J. Finley have been going back and forth with the first and second groups throughout uh, periods this uh, spring at practice on March 13th. It was T.J. Finley with the ones, and then later on it was Robbie Ashford back with the ones. Uh, Hugh Freeze insists that every player, including all three quarterbacks, will be getting equal opportunities leading up to A-Day. He said, we're not going to narrow down the reps in spring. We will in fall. We have to, but in spring we won't. There's no depth chart. I don't care what group you tried out there on the field right now, I don't have in my mind that this is first team, second team, third team, whatever. Uh, We'll figure that out in the fall. Auburn's A-Day spring game will be played on April the 8th. Over at uh, Ole Miss, they are set to hire former UCLA and UConn defensive coordinator Lou Spanos as an analyst. Spanos spent last season with UConn and has been on their staff since 2019. Has a lot of experience as an assistant coach. Was uh, UCLA's defensive coordinator 2012 and 2013. Spent some time at Alabama as well. So uh, Lane Kiffin, man, reworking that coaching staff this uh, offseason. He recently hired former Arkansas State assistant Jake uh, Schoonover and uh, also brought in Pete Golding, of course, as the uh, defensive coordinator. So we'll see what Ole Miss looks like with their coaching staff. Over at Florida, uh, they officially promoted Russ Calloway this week to their tight ends coach. He was previously serving in an off-field role for the Gators. Tight end group for Florida have been pretty inconsistent. Keon Zipper led all tight ends with just 13 catches. So we'll see if uh, how improved Florida will be. Now, one note on Florida. Uh, quarterback commit Derek Lagway, who is in next year's recruiting class, He's in Gainesville this week visiting, and his goal while he's in town, he wants to make an impression on number one wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, who is also visiting Florida today. So uh, we'll see if Derek Lagway can make any headway with the top wide receiver in this class, Jeremiah Smith, see if we can, uh, if he can sway him over to Gainesville to come play with him at Florida. Uh, one other note we should have mentioned on Ole Miss, they are uh, retaining – Wide receiver Braylon Brown. He withdrew his name from the transfer portal. Uh, was looking to maybe head elsewhere, but he officially announced he'll be staying as part of Ole Miss's 2021 signing class. Entered the portal in December. Six foot two, 195 pounds, appeared in six games as a freshman, but primarily on special teams, and then four games in a sophomore season at receiver before he got redshirted. So Braylon Brown sticking with the Rebels. Over at Tennessee. One name to keep an eye on there in their camp is number 11, Dante Thornton. Uh, Of course, uh, Jalen Hyatt frequently had that number 11 jersey on, Uh, but Dante Thornton is coming in and taking that number. He's an Oregon transfer wide receiver committed to Tennessee just uh, in January, two weeks after they defeated Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Like we said, spent the last couple of seasons with Oregon, At 26 catches for over 500 yards and three touchdowns, played in 15 games. But, of course, Jalen Hyde and Cedric Tillman are gone, and Josh Heupel's looking for some weapons. We know Squirrel White looks like he's going to step up into a much bigger role. But uh, Josh Heupel talking about Dante Thornton this week at practice. He said he's long, he's got great speed, he's got experience, he's mature. He's 6'5", 185 pounds. He's played both in the slot and the outside positions at receiver. And Heupel talked about it. He said, yeah, Thornton can play inside, can play outside. How quickly he grasps what we are doing offensively is going to be one of the keys for him as we go through the spring. But really excited about who he is and what he has brought to the table thus far. So maybe a name to keep an eye on there, Dante Thornton. What kind of role will he play for uh, Tennessee, if any at all, this coming season? Now, one other Tennessee note. They did officially announce their 2024 primary non-conference matchup against North Carolina State. Uh, the Vols and Wolfpack will open the season in 2024 in Charlotte in the Duke's Mayo Classic. It'll be played September 7th, 2024. Uh, Tennessee had originally had Oklahoma in that opening spot, but of course they're coming to the SEC. And the conference said you might want to take them off because, heck, you might get them in the conference. So uh, let's go ahead and take that off as a non-conference season opener. And one more tidbit over at LSU camp on the first day of spring. A couple weeks ago, uh, LSU's running back room was really, really uh, sparse. Uh, they just had two scholarship backs on the field, Noah Kane and early enrollee Trey Holley. Uh, this week, LSU got some production back. Both Josh Williams and Armani Goodwin hit the practice field without pads, but they're out there go- going through some drills and stuff. And uh, Brian Kelly said Williams will return before Goodwin, even if it is without contact. Uh, Goodwin is expected to be ready for fall camp. As for the two scholarship backs and Trey Holley and Noah Kane, both looked uh, energetic, according to reports, during the media viewings of practice. And Holly has looked uh, physically impressive for being a true freshman coming in. So keep an eye on that over at LSU. Another LSU note, uh, they did hire uh, John Jancic a couple of weeks ago, moving him from analyst to special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach replacing Brian Polian. Uh, This week, LSU released contract details. He will make $350,000 per year in base salary and will be under contract through 2024. And one more tidbit. uh, Bryce Young going to take part in Alabama's Pro Day today in Tuscaloosa. CJ Shroud at Ohio State had his yesterday, and a lot of NFL teams keep an eye on that. Good chance that they go number one and number two in this year's draft with the Carolina Panthers and Houston Texans picking one and two respectively. But one note with Bryce Young, uh, former Alabama wide receiver, Slade Bolden is going to run routes and catch passes from Bryce Young. Uh, Bolden went undrafted last year but signed as a free agent by the Baltimore Ravens, suffered an injury, so he is back and he will be working out with Bryce Young to show what uh, he can do. And, uh, again, Young expected to, if all goes well at his pro day, probably going to be number one or two in this upcoming draft. And there you have it. That is the latest going on around the conference. We'll get to some basketball nuggets in just a bit. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to touch on an article from 24-7 Sports, kind of a cumulative top 25 preseason rankings. We'll get into that in just a second. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. And, of course, all the tourney action is getting underway once again today. And uh, you want to make sure that you are going to download the FanDuel app. It is America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to, lose, to use. You can bet on everything from money line to game winner, whatever you want. It is all up there for you. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game part life. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Uh, to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel. They are an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Along here, locked on SEC, and uh, always like to read some of the pieces over at 24/7 Sports, and uh, buddy Brad Crawford does a good job. See Brad every year at uh, SEC Media Days, so figured we'd run through this. Kind of cool what he did was they took all the preseason polls that had been out there, everything from Fox Sports to just everything, and kind of put them all together cumulatively. Uh, on kind of a point system and said, all right, what's the true top 25? If we put everybody's top 25 together, um, you know, basically springtime preseason poll top 25. Now they kind of an idea on what the rosters all look like. So let's jump into this and take a look at uh, what Brad Crawford compiled. He said uh, college football's wide variety of early top 25 rankings for next season are out this spring And we've combined many of them together for a cumulative preseason poll. Uh, Coming at number 25, it's the Ole Miss Rebels. And he says Fox Sports and the Sporting News, they did not include Lane Kiffin's team in their rankings. But Ole Miss does crack the cumulative poll after being slotted slotted as high as number 20 in another poll. Rebels did add Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard at quarterback this spring via the portal to compete with Jackson Dart. So... Ole Miss, you know, depending on what poll you're looking at, kind of that teetering borderline top 25, but uh, they're ranked it enough that they come in at number 25 in the cumulative poll. Then we got to jump up pretty high. I mean, if we run through a lot of schools. It's a lot of Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12 schools. We get all the way up to number 10, the Tennessee Volunteers. It's a tie based on the cumulative points, but they say Tennessee – they were ranked number five inside two preseason polls in Fox Sports and Sporting News despite losing Hendon Hooker and their top two wide receivers last season. It's a lot of respect for third-year head coach Josh Heupel, who was expecting former Michigan transfer Joe Milton to pick up right where Hendon Hooker left off at quarterback. Looked pretty good in the last uh, couple games of the season. Tennessee, though, no longer flying under the radar after beating Florida and Alabama last year. And ending the year with the Orange Bowl win over Clemson. And now the Vols have gone from the uh, Hunties to the Hunted. Tennessee coming in at number 10 in this poll. Coming in at number 8, it's Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. They say uh, LSU, they were ranked number 18 by Fox Sports. But LSU was placed inside the top 10 of the other five preseason polls and according to uh, Brad Crawford, that is more accurate depiction of the defending SEC West champs coming into Brian Kelly's second season. Linebacker Harold Perkins, former five-star signee who is the SEC's next superstar in defense. It's a future first round pick who will headline a super talented defense in Baton Rouge. Keep in mind, they get Mason Smith back on that D line as well. Throw in one of the deepest quarterback rooms nationally and LSU is on the short list to get to the playoff. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Jaden Daniels is back at quarterback. A lot of experience in all his years as a starter at Arizona State, and he's got a full season as an SEC starter under his, under his belt. And Garrett Nussmeyer looked pretty good in the second half of that SEC championship game and in the uh, bowl game that they played in against Purdue. So I would agree. If um, We'll see if it's an open competition. Expect Jaden Daniels to be the guy, but if Garrett Nussmeyer plays, I think LSU feels pretty good about both of those guys. So uh, I would agree saying they have a deep quarterback room there. All right, cumulative poll coming in at number four. Alabama Crimson Tide, number four. Uh, Brad Crawford said, out of six publications, only one, the Sporting News, slotted the Crimson Tide behind Georgia as the nation's second-best team entering the season. Much of that has to do with the loss of top-end personnel, despite signing the nation's top recruiting class. Alabama will choose between Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson as their first-year starting quarterback, and losing Will Anderson Jr. on the defensive front creates a big vacancy. But you got Dallas Turner back, and some other guys who are ready to step up and be leaders. So, uh, look, Alabama rarely, rarely do we go into season and go, "Man, Alabama really doesn't know what they're going to do at this position." There's always somebody who steps up, and they always seem to figure it out. But Alabama coming in at number four in the cumulative preseason rankings. And then coming in at number one, it is, of course, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. And Brad Crawford writes, ask anyone who covers college football, Georgia's unanimous preseason number one. Good luck trying to explain putting the Bulldogs anywhere else considering Kirby Smart's programs coming off back-to-back national championships. And they continue to turn out first-round NFL draft talent and don't even miss a beat. Mike Bobo's promotion at OC It's something to keep an eye on this spring. He'll decide who follows Stetson Bennett under center. Brock Vandergriff, Carson Beck, whoever it is. He said we expect the Bulldogs' bread to be buttered on defense as they usually are. Georgia preseason cumulative number one coming out of the spring. Again, a lot of this can change. We expect over the summer and heading into the fall, we'll see the coaches' poll in USA Today and all that. Those polls will differ, but that's kind of where putting all the collective polls where they are right now, collectively together, that's where they have them ranked. And a good number of SEC teams ranked very high and uh, for good reason. So there you have it. For more, go check out uh, 24-7 Sports. Brent Crawford does a great job and I encourage you to go read all of his content. All right, when we come back, we are going to hit on some SEC basketball nuggets as the Sweet 16 gets underway today. That's coming up next. Along here, locked on SEC, and uh, before we hang it up, we do have to get to some basketball nuggets as the Sweet 16 gets underway today uh, or tonight, rather. It is 6:15 uh, Central on CBS. It will be Arkansas versus UConn, the eight seed. Arkansas taking on the four seed UConn Huskies. UConn is about a four point favorite, according to FanDuel. So if you want to get on the underdog Arkansas Razorbacks, go for it. Keep in mind Eric Musselman, keeping his shirt on. This could be his third straight Elite Eight. So it would not surprise me at all. And then the Tennessee Vols, they are around five point favorites over FAU. Florida Atlantics only lost three games all year, they got that up tempo offense. But Tennessee's got the elite defense. So let's get to a couple of our nuggets here in our uh, final segment. Uh, First, let's start with Alabama. They will be in action on uh, Friday in their Sweet 16 game against San Diego State. But Nick Saban was seen attending Alabama's practice on Wednesday before the Tide leave for Louisville for their Sweet 16 showdown against San Diego State. Uh, And look. Kind of funny because it comes on the heels of people thinking Saban maybe took a shot at Nate Oates earlier this week in his football presser. But uh, Nick Saban jumped into practice to go uh, show he's supporting the Tide and maybe letting a little of his his, uh, championship good luck rub off on Nate Oates' crew and Brandon Miller and company. But uh, shout-out to Nick Saban dropping by. Their practice. All right. How about the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks? Like we said, off to the Sweet 16 yet again. And some people kind of keep a note of Nick Smith was the top-ranked prospect in high school basketball a year ago, was limited by knee injuries this season, missed almost uh, two months from the Arkansas lineup. And when he came back, we started to see shades of what he could be, 24 points, or more three times in a four-game span, uh, but was often inefficient. High-volume attack, and when he was inefficient, you know Arkansas was losing some games. And so, having lost four or five games coming into the NCAA tournament, Eric Musselman kind of said, maybe we need to watch his minutes and his volume. Smith uh, played in 28 minutes in the opening round game against Illinois, but only took 10 shots. And then Saturday against Kansas, Musselman opted to take him off the floor altogether, played him a total of just 16 minutes where he went scoreless on 0-4 shooting. They leaned on Debo Davis, who had 25 points. So for Eric Musselman, it looks like, you know, down the stretch of the season, he was given Smith every chance to show what he can do. But on Saturday, you know, winner go home in the NCAA tournament, he said, yeah, why don't you come take a seat? So what will this mean for Nick Smith's minutes moving forward? We'll see. But I agree with Eric Musselman. you got to go with the guys you trust and the guys who get it done. And Nick Smith, as talented as he is, has had a lot of games where he's been inefficient shooting the ball. So, um, you know, if he gets hot, if he hits the first couple shots, you got to think they'll play him more minutes. But if he's inefficient, missing shots, and uh, ineffective, probably going to play lesser minutes. And lastly, uh, Tennessee, like we mentioned, they are taking on the Owls of FAU tonight. And Mike Krzyzewski does a SiriusXM college sports radio show. And this week he took his hat off to Tennessee saying uh, what a bad matchup it was for John Shire's group over there at Duke. He said, look, Tennessee, they lost their point guard three weeks ago and everybody kind of was burying them. They didn't realize they're coached by one of the great coaches in our country, Rick Barnes, and they play defense. They're one of the top five defensive teams in the country. He said, talking to John Shire, he was unbelievably worried about that game because Tennessee was older and very physical, and they played outstanding defense. And their offense clicked, and that was it. Hats off to Tennessee. They deserved a win. He said, as much as that loss stings for Duke, when you can look back, the guys were prepared. You just lost to a team that played really well. So uh, the Vols have a chance here to uh, get a win over FAU and head to the Elite Eight. Dusty May uh, turned some heads once the matchup against Tennessee became official for FAU. Uh, he made a reference. He said, we're going to study Australian rugby rules and get ready for the Vols. Referencing Tennessee's physical style of play on Wednesday, Wednesday. May, talking with the media, said Tennessee's intensity and physicality stand out. And he said, look, they play every possession like it's their last. He clarified his rugby comment. He said, I, I know that was taken a certain type of way. I had not seen the Duke game. I just seen some comments. Rick Barnes is a legend. So he kind of backed off. And he said, look, our guys are not afraid of the moment or the lights of Madison Square Garden. If we lose to Tennessee, it's just going to be because they beat us. Uh, one of their players did say, we know Tennessee is physical, but we, we ain't worried about that. We'll be ready to compete. So let's see what uh, see what Tennessee can do tonight against FAU. My prediction for tonight: I will say that Arkansas loses to UConn and Tennessee beats FAU. That's my prediction. We'll see see what happens there. Thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our Locked On College Basketball podcast. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Here from some big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening and watching on YouTube. And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.